0: Now it's my pleasure to introduce today's speaker, Rabbi Brian Zachary Mayer, who who is uh, is known as the uh, rabbi who teaches and preaches and thinks outside the box. This topic is finding the God of your understanding. Let me tell you just a little bit about Rabbi Brian. He was born in New York City and raised to be quite rational. He attended Tufts University, where he studied architecture. Asking the questions why led him to rabbinical school and to work for a number of years as a congregational rabbi. As he felt the priority of culture perverted, his longing to help people reach godliness, he left and got a master's degree in education. He works at DeSalle, de la salle north catholic high school now teaching mathematics and abstract thoughts to underserved youth and um runs and runs adults this is very small print Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) and and he helps adults through newsletters and seminars to unlearn their spiritual religious baggage and reclaim their one relationship with God. Welcome, Rabbi Brian.
2: Well, thank, thank you for having me here. Um, we had a whole group at 9 o'clock, um, and I promised at least 70% new material. So far, this is new. Good. Um, I did say at the, uh, the first service that, um, well, gonna, I'll change it up and say it differently. I think I would have belonged growing up at UU in my childhood. <laughs> um, the strict rational approach and thinking uh, fits me very well. Um, but then there's this other side of me where I would have to have broken away from the UU church also. <laughs> Um, because there's this non-rational side, which is not the same as irrational. Um, it's non-rational. And the, the difference is um, rational is you can see the sunset. Non-rational, you can enjoy the sunset. Um, and I chided with the 9 o'clock group some that the joke that we tell about UUs, we being non-UUs, um, is that in a UU group if there's a sign to heaven this way and the sign to the discussion on heaven this way that the UUs are all going to the discussion. (laughs) Uh, So we are going to have um, I'm going to feed you what's going to feel like candy and cookies and it's going to be really fun because we're going to have a discussion about God and then we're going to be making that left turn. No, there are people going like this. No, and yeah, we are. Um, it won't be that that scary, and if it is that that scary, um, I'm going to ask you why. Um, and I'm married to a psychotherapist, and I can help. You know, she might be able to have like, what are the blocks? Why can we not actually go towards having a relationship with God? How we understand God? And um, Betty isn't here. She was my. Um, so I'm going to need someone else to be my archetype engineer. Um, to hold non-God so I'm sure. sure somebody will be that person I want to start with oh and I thought it was so brilliant the, the kids discussion because um, it fits in exactly with what I wanted to talk about I want to start with um, challenge can we come up with I'm going to go up on the stage and then I'm going to move back down some 20 similarities can you see that color? I teach high school. You don't scare me. It's just Okay. 20 similarities between Santa Claus and God. You don't have to believe these things, but just what are 20 things that we find to be similar between Santa Claus... And just so you know, I've come up with 40, so I'm, this is nice. What do you got? They both have white ears. Now, this isn't to say, right, we all understand, this is like big caveats, these are culturally normative ideas of both. Right? I got no problems with a black Santa, as long as he has a white
1: beard.
2: <laughs> I can't believe this stuff comes out of my mouth either. Alright, so they both have white beards. What else do we got? Yeah. You have to be good, yay, yeah, and not only do you have to be good, but they know when you're good.
1: <laughs> what do you got? Sneaky. Sneaky? How do you mean sneaky? <laughs> okay. So I'm going to translate
2: as mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. yeah, what do you got? Required belief. Re-
1: Belief. Yeah. That's a weird thing. Alright,
2: require belief. Yeah. Shout out, what do you got?
1: Alternatively, eventually sure you believe, stop believing when you grow up. <laughs> right? They're both, they're both kind of pediatric. They're for children only. <laughs> oh,
2: they both know what you're thinking. That's spooky. Yeah. Right there, omniscient. Ooh. They're both males? Did I hear males? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What
1: do you got? The I'm sorry, there's seven You can only put on special occasions. Right, they're seasonal. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, what did you have?
2: They're both give well they want to give. Right, they would rather give to you than not give to you. So they both have loving hearts and they want to give. So it's conditional giving that they have it in their heart, they want to love everyone. They do, yeah. yeah. What do you, this little guy, Alex? Is it Alex? Yeah. Oh, I know the name. Doesn't matter, thing. Alex, what do you know about Santa, dude? You get presents, you get gifts, you get gifts for good. Okay. What's your point to the back for remembering the
1: kid's names. Okay, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Vengeful. Vengeful.
1: Ooh, wow. Right? They would rather be loving, but you can it in cold. and
2: what is cold really? Where is coal? Hell. Yeah. yeah, right.
1: right. <laughs> Vengeful.
2: Um, where do both of them live? The North Pole. They both live above <laughs> us. <laughs> right? In Canada somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> they both live up there. What else you got? They're both friends with
1: animals?
2: Sure. I got the reindeer. Yeah, okay, okay. I never had that one before, okay? Yeah. They like the animals. And they like children. And
1: they're hungry and you gotta
2: feed them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was thinking communion and I got a little confused there. But, but okay, so we gotta feed them both. They both like they both like to be talked to. They're kind of lonely and they need us to tell them. What do you got?
1: not only do they have minions
2: but they got little minions
1: right okay
2: so you know don't read the bible because the bible's idea of an angel is not that little charlie thing um there's there's yeah who okay but 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 the way that our society has sent in guns they both have little helpers
1: what else do we have
2: You ask, you can petition, and they'll give you. Awesome, they're ATM machine. <laughs> yeah, what do you got? So You're gonna say same so You have to ask for stuff. ask for stuff.
1: Yeah.
2: You can write letters. You can write letters to both and can tell them how, you know, I know I haven't been as good as I should be, but I promise and please, pleased yeah. <laughs> by.
1: Children, mostly, uh, oh. yeah. yeah, yeah, the crowd proud oh of I
2: don't even want
1: to write that.
2: They're motivating forces? Okay, can we put it that way? That sounds friendly. They're old
1: school. What does that
2: mean? They're old school. They're not hit
1: with lottery. You
2: know the, 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 hymn, the hymn we just sang also? Um, like different households all have different notions of Santa. I mean, it's all still Santa, but we all still have, like, oh, in your house the gifts don't come wrapped, in your house the gifts don't come wrapped. And there's slightly different notions, but we still are talking about the same guy. Right? I don't know how to write that. Um, <laughs> <right>? but, <laughs> cultural difference. I like that. Okay, I'm counting twenty.
1: <laughs>
2: Why are we talking about Santa Claus?
1: No idea. <laughs> oh, it reminds
2: me of... Was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were at the first room, But it reminded me of a joke, and it says, my talk, I'm going to go on a tangent and do a joke. Um, what do you call a deer with no eyes? No idea.
1: Oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. What did you get from
2: the sermon today? <laughs> it's odd stuff, but let me tell you the truth. Um, what do you call a deer with no eyes and no legs? Still no idea.
1: <laughs> okay, sorry.
2: Thinking about how I'm going to explain to my wife, what did I do today? So why are we talking about Santa and God? And part of it is, and if you're at the 9 o'clock service, they're going to tell you these things, um, that Baylor University in 2006 came up with that there were four different notions of God that are, and we're going to expand on it, um, four different notions of God that when people use the word God, they may want to throw different things. The first one is A, B, C, D, go in order. Um, A is authoritarian, that's not this God. The A-God is an A-type personality. He's very angry, um, vindictive, um, jealous, totalitarian ruler. Um, I don't like that you're doing this. Flood. <laughs> That's authoritarian God. Here's B. B for benevolent. benevolent. Any good. So benevolent God. This is the notion of God. Right? It's the pediatric notion of God that God is Santa Claus. And which also goes for the Jews issue of that if Christians believe in Santa Claus and Jews don't, and then Jews get very confused about God like we can't really actually, so you wouldn't understand this if you up Jewish, but if you up culturally Jewish, we get really skewed out by the idea of God because we're not supposed to, like, we're God's people, but let's not talk about
1: God. <laughs> very weird. All right, so authoritarian God,
2: benevolent God, who remembers what C was? Critical. Critical, Good. Right. A critical notion of God is the vice-principal of a high school. I <laughs> see what you're doing. Take a little note. We'll talk about that later. Right. That's a critical notion of God. I mean, we all know people, and we might still have some ideas in our heads that that's how God is, that God's watching and keeping track, in real are vindictive. We're going to talk later, that kind of way. D, what was the D God? This thing, and that's the, the great clockmaker notion of God. That God started everything going, and... And then I added in E. E is everything else. That works with the E. E is everything else. It's whatever you believe. And I I, I hold that when people say, I believe in God, if you don't believe in God, and that, that we have to parse out what... God? Are we actually even talking about? And usually people don't want to do that. Um, but you're Unitarians; you want to do this. <laughs> so we'll talk about which different God is. And I want to talk. And um, the the children's reading was perfect for this. Is that? So let, let me come back. Santa Claus, I think, is God with training wheels. I think this is how we teach kids about God. It's not intentional. The same way that Halloween is not to teach kids about what needs. But it
1: does (laughs) We got
2: two hundred and fifty-four pieces of candy They don't even want to eat the candy It's just how many pieces they can get And they run from house to house Because they're good Americans (laughs) (laughs) And then we have Thanksgiving this month Is that ironic or what? (laughs) And then Thanksgiving is followed by The biggest shopping day Yeah, that Thanksgiving must really work Yes. Um, Santa Claus is God who's training us, and it's very hard for us to unlearn Santa Claus and unlearn the critical notion of God and unlearn the authoritarian notion of God because nobody actually taught us that this is God. So let me explain. There are two different types of rules. There are two different ways that they are. This is really more for me than for you. Um, there are rules and then there are rules. There are rules that are explicitly stated and there are rules that are internalized. Explicitly stated rules are, Selena you have to say bless you when someone sneezes. And so when someone sneezes, you say bless you. You're a good person. You're going to follow the rules. That is something somebody told you. Don't put your elbows on the table. Now, you can break those rules. They're... You know, if somebody tells you you break it, it's fine. You're just breaking their rules. On the other hand, there are internalized rules. The internalized rules are much more pervasive and subtle. And internalized thoughts, internalized rules rules, are: you go to Starbucks, don't go to Starbucks. We live in Portland, but if you were going to go to Starbucks and there's an end, it's all empty except for one person. What are the chances you're going to go sit right next to that one person? You're not going to. Did anyone ever have a course or a class or someone say, don't sit next to the one person unless it's really crowded in that case you can? Nobody was ever told that, but we all know it. Same thing in the elevator. Go in the elevator, we all know, you turn around and you face the door. Anyone take a class in which they were told to do that? Can you imagine how uncomfortable it is to go into the elevator and face... The other people, right? That would be weird. It's an internalized rule. It's something we took from the outside and we've internalized it. There's another one, and if there's something that says there's personal space and you shouldn't get this close to somebody, my breath okay? It's right. It feels there's a violation because we broke this internal. Nobody told it to us. We hold it as our own rule, and therefore it's harder to break. What does this have to do with Santa Claus? Nobody taught us this is what God is. We internalize these notions of God, and they're really hard to unlearn. Unlearning is really, really hard to do when you don't know that you learned it. Me? I'm going to say that again. It's very hard to unlearn these notions of the divine that we didn't even know we swallowed. I touched the piano. I'm sorry. They yelled at me in the first service. I put a quarter on the piano. I'm going to try something. What is your name? Tom, would you mind coming up and joining me? Let's have I don't know, do some hand warming thing. Okay, Tom, do you eat apples? I love apples. Good. I bought these. These are I've never had a pinata kind of apple. Have you? Well, I no, no. They're at Trader Joe's. Here's one for you. One for me. This is how it goes. You've eaten apples before. Good. would be awkward.
1: awkward. <laughs> there
2: is a video. How many of you seen the video? How to eat an apple like a boss? <laughs> Thank you for being here. (laughs) (laughs) Now, don't take a bite. um, If you were to take a bite, this picture, where are you going to bite. Right this, okay. Now, the video of how to eat an apple like a boss is the first bite should be here. Why? (laughs) Ill because? Did anyone take a class on how to eat... An apple? How do you know? Come on up, I got another apple.
1: Well,
2: <laughs> I'm going to promise you, yeah. you're not know, in that little furry thing. You don't even notice it. Would you mind? Say <laughs> goodbye right there. Now, before you do so, I want you to imagine yourself at some... You're making, like, a weird face. Like, it's about to do something really awkward.
1: We're talking about...
2: So we'll get to the thing. So the whole idea is that the core is a myth. We invented the core. Right? We usually hold the apple like this and we eat around it. And then there's that little cone shape and this cone shape and then the seed sack. The only part you can't eat is the seed sack. The rest of it you can eat. You've been wasting apples. So do you mind taking a bite the new way? Does it feel weird to do?
1: (laughs) No? Sorry? Okay,
2: well, we're on thanks Tom you get a snack. <laughs> and you can have an apple. <laughs> and I'm going to challenge you the next time you eat an apple to pick it up to eat it the right way. Like this. And anywhere I want. That's
1: the end of the pesticide that's where the core, where the thin, and where the thin, that's where the pesticides are, if there's any mess on the apple. Good Don't eat that. I didn't know that. Right. It's an organic apple. It's an organic
2: apple. <laughs> wow. But I'm going to challenge you to eat your apple this way. Why? Because I want you to feel what does it feel like to do something that you were, you're trying to unlearn something really big, especially when it comes to the G-O-D. Okay. When you're trying to unlearn God stuff, everyone do this for a second. Take everything you have out of your hand. Please, you your hands like this. Put your hands down. It should look like we're praying.
1: Okay. That's,
2: now, I want you to notice, let's Pinky or right pinky. Just notice that's the thing that happens in your head. Is it your left pinky or right pinky? I can type a I have to say these things. Is it your left pinky or right pinky on the bottom? And now undo your hands and reinterlace with the opposite pinky on bottom and put your hands back down. How is that? i mean, the What's different in your life right now? One finger. Or it's nine, depending on how you want to count it. Right? It doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right. No. Some of you have already undone your hands. You couldn't stand it.
1: <laughs> How much
2: change are we talking about that is happening?
1: <laughs>
2: and you want to know why people don't change. This is a great thing to practice. Next time you're at a staff meeting <laughs> and board. <laughs> just practice it and see what does change feel like. If you can master this, this is what change feels like in your body. Okay? Okay, yeah, I'm going to do your hand, shake it out, because I want some back this. Um I'm going to do something else that's nothing to do with anything, but it's just fun to watch. Um, right hand, left ear. Right hand, she go across. Right hand, left ear. Good, <laughs> right, good. Good. It was perfect timing. Right hand, left ear. Left hand, no. Ready clapping clap and switch. <laughs> that has nothing to do with my talk, that's just fun to So, my question is, um, is, how is why do we not have more God in our life? However we want to use the letter E to understand the word God. And the reason is because of the baggage that we've come with. Because of these external ideas we've internalized and we think that these are true and right. And we don't think that we have the who are we to disagree with. The other reasons we don't think of, we don't um, have a relationship with God, one we just looked at is discomfort. We hate discomfort, right? There are like three of you in the room who will willingly say, I want to be uncomfortable so I can learn. There's this great quote, dubium incomodo est, certum ridiculum est. I did it in Latin because you're the intellectual group.
1: <laughs>
2: dubium incomodo est, doubt, not comfy. <laughs> Certum was a certainty. Ridiculous, right? Is ridiculous. Doubt is uncomfortable. Certainty is ridiculous. That's a, a phrase I had a friend of mine put into Latin, so it has more Rocky to it. It's not a real Latin phrase. It's kind of like it is now. It <laughs> oh, and I looked up during the break. Sorry for those of you who knew. Um, Jung outside his office had this in Latin. Vocatum o non vocatum dies ekent. Called or not called upon, God exists. So we all have we all have homework from the nine o'clock um, service to, to learn more about human notions of God. But that was one of the other, other reasons we don't have more God in our life. I was supposed to bring a. Uh, okay, Non-in was a Japanese um, master. He had a cup of water. He invited a philosopher to come to have tea with him. And he poured tea and he kept pouring tea and he poured tea until the tea went up and he kept pouring tea and the tea was overflowing and overflowing and the philosopher said, what are you doing? The cup is already full. And John said, you are this cup. You're so filled with what you think you know, no more will fit in. The question we asked earlier, where is God? And the answer is, wherever we make space for God. Another reason we don't have God in our life is we don't make space. I think we're terrified to make space. Right? Because that's not about me. I realized yesterday morning why I don't have more gratitude in my life. is because when I have deep gratitude, it's not about me. My desire to have gratitude is in deep conflict with my desire to make it all about me. Why don't we have more God in our life? We want it to be about us. We don't make a lot of space for God. We're filled up. Right, I'm going to go and teach you. These are the faith stages. Fowler, F-O-W-L-E-R, so you can look it up, came up with what the faith stages are when we're very little. We live in a world filled with magic. When my kids think that there's a monster in the closet, there's a monster in the closet. They're not saying it to get attention. There is a monster in the closet. The tooth fairy is real. The monsters are real. This is real. Then reality hits. Ten years old, we start losing some of that. And this notion of dependence, so please be careful with these, don't diagnose yourself too much. I think we're all in different ones of them and it's very easy to point fingers and say, oh, they are in dependence. Dependence is the people who say the Holy Church or uh, the Bible is right. Independence is whatever they say is right and I'm going to throw logic out the window and don't try to reason with me. I'm in this stage. Do you ever play um, a, a board game with a 12-year-old and you lost one of the pieces and you say, well, let's use a paper clip? And they go, no, we can't. But it's a simple No, we can't. It has to be the piece. That's this. It's very linear. It's very rational. This is, um, for faith stages, dependence It's literally that, you're dependent upon. College, for a lot of us, this is what happens. It's a 180 from dependence. Science has an answer to everything. We can explain everything. There's no reason for it. All the stories about uh, crossing the Red Sea, all of that has scientific understanding. That's independence. We're completely flipped from dependence. This is the one I want to teach you: paradoxicality. Do you know i say paradoxicality? Yeah. Yeah. Paradoxicality. I've written articles that are published on it. you. Just Google Rabbi Brian because you might as well. <laughs> um, I run a really cool organization. If, if you if you picking up what I'm putting them down, um, take a look. Send out the newsletter. Some you know who's even written me back on. I really liked this one, which makes me think she didn't like the last one. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all right. Let me see My wife doesn't read any of, all of them. Because she has to hear them at nine o'clock at night. I have this idea, I'm
1: gonna write this article. So
2: paradoxicality goes like this. Paradoxicality, I'm gonna start with the Jewish example, because now I'm find that one easier to swallow, then I'm gonna give you a Christian example. Paradoxicality is paradox, is being able to hold both and. The Jewish example is that on Passover, I eat matzah, and I say, I eat this, this is the bread my forefathers ate, and I eat it because I I was a slave in the land of Egypt. Now, I know full well. I was born in New York City. I was no slave in the land of Egypt. So it isn't. But paradoxicality is where I'm able to say, that's totally not true. And it is. I am still a slave. I'm still in some bondage. I'm still in some constriction. I, so that they're both true at the same time. The other example I give is with communion. People who take communion really understand what communion is about. It is the body and the blood, and it's a wafer and it's one. And it can be both at the same time. This is why I don't think religion works very well for under 14-year-olds. They can't understand that the opposite of something that is true is also true. This takes a real adult understanding of paradoxicality. Paradoxicality is being able to see, for my sake the world was created and I am dust and ashes. They're both true. There's an old rabbinic tradition that you're supposed to have a piece of paper in your pocket that says, The world was created for my sake, and I am destination. They're both true. Do you all understand paradoxicality? This is that both and. These gods that I don't believe in, I can also still believe in. I can still also understand and have a relationship with this notion, this notion, and this notion, and still not believe in them, but still have a relationship. Then there's unity. Unity we all get glimpses of. It's that moment where the choir, nine o'clock the choir was singing and I don't know where I went, but I knew when I came back. Like, whoa! So there's that just beautiful moment just when, you're, when you see a child when you're with love and it's a sunset. Those are moments of unity and we all have that. And I will add that it goes like this. Fowler doesn't say this but I do, that unity starts to feel like i magic. That you can feel that the world is filled with miracles and wonder and there is a Santa Claus. And it's just as real as there isn't. It's both. To imagine, now we're going to do a very quick exercise to conclude. Does everyone text? Yes. Almost everyone text. <coughs> did Joanne text I did last week.
1: Good. <laughs> Good.
2: Okay. Everyone understands what I'm talking about. Text. Okay. I want you to imagine. I know you turned off your phone. is fine, This is just an imagination thing. I want you to imagine that you're about to get a text from God. Okay. Or a tweet. You want to make it a tweet? It's limited to 140 characters. <laughs> <laughs> Can you everyone take a moment. moment what is the text you get from God? Or the tweet you get from God? Let's t- take a minute think of it. Mm-hmm. Does it What's the tone of it? Is it angry? Is it happy? Is it... What is So, I'll give you a moment. I want you to turn towards someone near you. It can be a group of two, a group of three, or however it is. And, bravely, if you would, and there's no commentary on someone else's text from God. These are texts from God. <laughs> you are got to go get pulled in your stockings and you make fun of their text. I want everyone to hold what they say in, in utmost. Um, and just once they share what they say, say thank you for sharing that with me. I know that sounds prosaic and ridiculous for me to tell you exactly how to respond to theirs. But please just say thank you for sharing. So let's take a minute, turn to the person next to you or someone near you, and please share, I just got a text from God and tell them what it was. Thank you for sharing and try the other person.
1: And make sure you share the other way as well. All
2: right. And now we we'll do it like this in school: one, two, three, eyes on me.
1: Thank you, brother. I like you. Not only did you know the answer, here's how it goes: I think
2: one, two, three, eyes on me, and you all say one, two, eyes on you. Let's one, two, three, eyes on me. I
1: you, I
2: you. So I thank you all for sharing. One of the problems of, of course having people share is this is what we do with social creatures. Um, brave souls and there are prizes available. I teach high school, I know how this works. Brave soul, who got a particularly interesting text from God that they want to share with the group? We got one in the back. What do you got, my friend?
1: We had two people uh, two of us had something to do with dinner. One said, "God." Uh, God said, "What time
2: is dinner?" And <laughs> "I'm uh, coming over for dinner." Nice. <laughs> I love it. What? That's great. You both win. You know the the bracelets? Uh, WWJD? What would Jesus do? I have these made. These say, "What would the God of my understanding do?" <laughs> It's a lot more letters. It's W-W-T-J-O-N-U-D. What would it got in? I understand it. And let's get two more shares. Of, yeah, what do you got? one
1: shocked Okay. Wake up.
2: Wonderful. You win your very own God in a box. Because if God is everywhere, God must be in this box. 30% less. Packaging forty percent more God, and then here's my favorite little line on it says, "Open yourself and experience God." You get it? Open yourself.
1: Okay. And we got one more share. Here, what do you have? Uh, I'm the giver of life.
2: How did you that? I'm the, the giver of life. Well, this is a um, not not the right gift, but this is the gift you get. <laughs> you get your very own denial in the Bible. <laughs> of delusion when you just don't want to deal. And then there's a little warning on it that says do not take with faith. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so clever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. I am going to stop and I thank you and I thank you and I thank all of you for considering thinking a little outside the box. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Rabbi Brian. And, and for those of you who are interested, it is ROTB that you want to, you want to Google. Religion outside the box.
1: Yeah.
0: Every day, a message. No, every 77% Monday. of the time, a message.
2: Uh, every Monday, except the last Monday of the month. So 40 out of 52 Mondays a year, which is 77%, you get a free newsletter and it's worth it. Uh, so if you go to, uh, just Google Rabbi Brian and you can find me.
1: of better than I-